0: For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbydovidkatz.com. Hi, it's Friday morning. I'm a little running, a little behind. I wanted to take a look at Daft today. I wanted to do it yesterday, but I was in the hospital doing tests and things like that. And um, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. I got a ride back in an Uber. From Washington Hospital, and had a, a, a driver from El Salvador, and he's talking as they do all the time, and how religious he is. And yet it's not enough to uh, believe in God when you need Him, but you have to think about God all the time, and so on and so forth. And then I say, Have you ever been in Baltimore? He said, Oh, I go there for all the porno clubs <laughs> in the Harbor Place. And he proceeded to give me a whole description. So that's just an interesting <laughs> observation. I want to say this. Uh, today's uh, podcast is being sponsored uh, by um, in honor of Ed Hoffman, who a good friend of mine. We just did a, a, a bino parties we always do every year at his house. He always hosts one for my organization. And besides with Ed and I, Ed is the number one kosher caterer in Baltimore, and uh, we often go on our Scotland Residence adventures together. So uh, this is in, in uh, memory. This podcast is, is in Zecher Nishmas in memory of his father, which was Aram Shlomo ben Emmanuel Emmanuel and the Shemesh Avonaleah, so thank you, and I also want to put in a good word for Yaakov Fader, because that's that his partner, two of them together, put on a very nice event the other night on Wednesday night, very elegant, uh, in honor and on behalf of my organization, which is Binu, the Jewish History Foundation, so thank you all, and let's jump right into our subject, and this week we have the famous Haftorah of Hanukkah, which is uh, Zechariah, Rani V'Simchi, as everyone knows, even though tomorrow is going to be Rosh Chodesh, and sometimes you do Rosh Chodesh Haftor instead because of Tadr V'shenu Tadr and all that kind of business. But uh, they say you do Hanukkah because of Prasim Nisa. I mean, that's the bottom line. Now, the interesting thing, and my attention was drawn to this the other day, a week or two ago actually, I forgot which book I looked at. Where he's talking about the different customs in connection with when you start the laning on Hanukkah on the first day, do you do Samishkan or do you start with uh, Yerecha you Hashem, know, the Kohanim part? They're two different Minhagim, And uh, in fact, in my book, in Shul, the Belze, he's a dealer's choice. And uh, so he wanted to suggest, I forget where I saw, he wanted to suggest. The the difference between the two minhagim is do you mention the kohanim as a basic part of the Hanukkah story? Because um, the the leining, as we all know, is basically about the uh, Nisim, right? The different offerings that were brought by the Nazis for the Mishkan. Hold on for a second. Okay, sorry. Uh, And that has nothing to do with the kohanim. On the other hand, is the kohanim an essential part of Hanukkah? Is that something you want to uh, emphasize or not? And uh, why does that matter? First of all, I mean, the Maccabees were Kohanim. Let's get that straight. But why does it matter whether you want to mention them um, officially as part of the laning and all the rest of it? And the answer, of course, is do you think that it was a good thing what the Kohanim did um, because they set up a kingdom? Uh, and it's a funny thing because I forgot where I saw it, but I remember for some reason that he, uh, it sticks in my mind that he quoted from the Harry Kenan, which is uh, stuff from Rabbi Salvechik, I think, from uh, Shirkin. And, um, and here's the point the Rambam, I think famously, you know, many people listening to this will be familiar with the Rambam's intro to uh, Hanukkah, which is very often repeated, even though, like I said, many times historically it's got issues, but. Let's leave history out of this. We're dealing with rabbinics here, and the Rambam says that you know they the were well won and they cleaned out the temple, and they set up a maluch of Kohanim, a Malchus of Kohanim for the next couple hundred years. Okay, I think. Let me let me see inside. That's the language of the Rambam. Here we are at the beginning of Hilchus Hanukkah, where he says this is very famous. You know, by Sheni Kishamochus Yaban Xeris Gazu Al Yisrael, et etc., et cetera, et Till God intervened, and the I don't even know how do you translate that because they weren't all Kohen gadolim, obviously. But from the family of Kohen gadolim, maybe me do and they set up a melech from those kohanim. In those they beat the Greeks and set up their own melech from the kohanim. And the Jews got an independent state for the next 200 years. Like I say, we're going to leave history out of this. But the bottom line is that um, he says that what you're celebrating, the Rambam just gave you the official history of Hanukkah. I repeat, the official theological history of Hanukkah. And the Greeks messed this over, and then the Jews led by the Kohanim, um, the, the Kohanim HaGadolim, uh Beat them and kill them? I'm going by what the Rambam says, right? And the uh, Hoshia Yisrael M'yodim, Hamidu Melchmin So that sounds like it's a good thing. And when you celebrate Ochanaka, Hanukkah, Al Yedek Kohanech, kedoshim, you know. And you emphasize that point. On the, and that's the Rambam Lishitasos, you see what I mean? As opposed to the Rambam. Ramban, excuse me. The Ramban is very famous. I, everybody knows this. Then in Vayechi... When he gets to the Pasuk of when he talks that famous blessing of Yaakov to us to, to Judah, so he uh and this is from the Ramban's famous debate. I've mentioned this many times with the Christian guy in, in the uh, disputation of Barcelona, uh, Pablo, uh, in the twelve sixties. So uh the Christians threw at the Jews. Pablo threw at the Ramban. What about the Pusig of that the scepter will not depart from the Jews until the coming of Shiloh, which can be read to mean that the Jews will have a, a, an independent state until the coming of the Messiah. But when the Messiah comes, then they won't have an independent state. And then the Christians tine it, look, you had a Baisheni, and then it got destroyed right around the time of Jesus, you know, right around that time. Shema know, that he's the Messiah. That's a classic old Christological argument. And the Ramban, to argue against that, said, and you're not translating the Hebrew correctly, Lo Yasser Sheikh Mehudah doesn't mean that the Jews will not have an independent state until the coming of the Mashiach, uh, and he brings proofs for that from the Tocha, but rather it means that it's a statement of political legitimacy and political illegitimacy. And it's a statement that says that the tribe of Judah has an exclusive. That only they have the right legitimately to be kings of Israel, and no one else. So if you ever have anyone else as a king, it's something it's a sin, it's negative. You understand? Uh so the Ramban has this, and he says specifically, this was the sin of the Maccabees of the Hashmanoim. And he says they were Hasid they're real from and they did save Khalisra, and they saved the Torah. No question about that. No one is challenging that. But then they moved to the next step and made themselves kings, and that was a fatal error because he get, went against what Yaakov Avinu said, which is, Lo, Yasser, Mehuda, that no one else has the right to be kings unless they're the tribe of Judah, and these guys were Kohan and the Maccabees. So they have the right to be kings, and therefore they all perished. And he goes on to say that the five brothers, Maccabean brothers, all died violently, uh, which means, by the way, that the Ramban, well, he could have gotten that out of fund It's there. Um, So the five Maccabean brothers died violently, which incidentally means the Ramban is learning it, and I don't think this is exactly accurate, that Judah Maccabee made himself a king, and that Eleazar and Yonason and Yochanan, they all made themselves kings, because says this was their big sin, that they made themselves kings, and therefore they all perished. Uh, Like I said before, there's no indication that Judah Maccabee, if you read what's in there, whether you read in um, the book of Maccabees, or in Josephus, or in Yosiphon, it doesn't say he made himself a king, right? That came, as far as we know from historical sources, later. So in other words, the Maccabean brothers, the five guys, never declared themselves kings. At the most, the last guy, they made themselves Kohanim Gadolim. In other words, Judah Maccabee, I told you the other day, it doesn't say one way or the other. Uh there were five brothers. Judah was killed in battle, as I said. Uh, one brother fell into the elephant, that's Elazar. Another one was bushwhacked and killed by Arabs, that was Yohan. That leaves two brothers left, Yonason and Shimon. So Yonason, skipping over all the details, became Kohen Goro, which he employed in a kind of a political way, and I say that in a positive sense. And his brother after him, Shimon, became Kohen Goro, plus, I guess you'd call it commander-in-chief. Something like that. No, it was the head of state, but not king. I just want to be very clear. You read from the book; it's it's clear he avoided the title of king. And so let's call him prince. And uh, his. T- it reminds you by the way, of the Roman emperors in Rome. There's no such. I mean, I'm going to say something that'll sound funny to people. You don't know it, that even when he had the Roman Empire and the emperors, it still was a republic. And the term emperor simply means commander in chief of the armies. And so Lamai said they were kings. But formally and legally, they were members of the Senate, and imperator, emperor means commander of the armies, and Pontifus maximus means coin in the Roman religion, and that was the title of the Roman emperors. So even they maintained, I guess, the fiction or whatever of being a republic. So in the case of Shem and Hamakabe, I mean, he was the, like I say, the commander-in-chief of the armies and the head of state, but he wasn't king, he wasn't coin when he was murdered, his son took over the same thing. Yochan Koen John Hyrkenis. He's not called Yochan Amel, he's called Yochan Koen And he was a great leader and he conquered a lot of territory, even though he later on had issues. Uh, his son after him was Judah Aristobulus. He took the title of Basilius of King. So, to be very specific, uh, Aristobulus was a king. Uh, Alexander Yanni was a king. In addition to being Koen Godol and command chief of the army. And Shlomo's Alexandra, it's not so clear. Was she a queen? You know, she's supposed to be from? It's, it's, it's a mishmash, you get what I'm saying? And after that, the Romans showed up and there definitely weren't any kings among the Maccabees, among the Chashmanoim. But, in spite of what I just said, the Ramban asserts, right? So we're dealing with the Ramban here. And he says that uh, they did take the title and that's why they were t- killed. And that's why, the Ramban asserts, Eventually, the whole family was wiped out. That's in the Gemara. You know, that by the time you get to Herod, every last one of them is dead. Ad ke kach, that if someone says, base chashmanoy kashinah, he's That No one today can claim to be descended from the chashmanoy because the whole family perished. Which is quite a harsh uh, judgment. So from a theological perspective, you say, tzadik Russia with Tovlo, why do the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer? If the Maccabees did such great things, why did they all perish? I mean, the whole family exterminated. Unless you say, the answer to that question, dialectically is, they did a big sin. Aye, ah, they saved the Besamikdash, they saved Judaism, and all the rest of it. Yes, that is true. But they did a sin that was so terrible that it it, it outweighed all that. That's quite a kiddish on the part of Ramban, but that is a famous sheet of this. The Rambam, Maimonides, by contrast, do doesn't hold that way. The Rambam says, you could have a king other than David. It doesn't mean that the family of King David ever loses their rights to Malucha. They don't. And what David himself, David Amel, got when he was king was a promise by God, which you could take to the bank, that his family will never lose the Malucha. So it's an insurance policy, but it's not an exclusive. doesn't mean that he can be the only king and no one else can. You could have more than one king at a time. It could even be a situation where there's nobody roy from the David family, and there is somebody right from another family, and God Almighty chooses the other guy. For example, Yoram ben Nevat and Basha, and some of these other guys, who according to the Torah were chosen by genuine Navis. Achie Ashiloni is the guy who picked Yoram ben Nevad, and Achia Shiloni was a real Navi. No, God told him to do it. This is back and forth between the Rambam and the Ramban, it's very famous. And therefore, when the Rambam says the Hanukkah is about the fact that in the beginning Yavan came and did gezerus on us and messed us over and attacked our women and destroyed the base of Middash and all that, and then the Kohanim led the counterattack, and they set up a king from among them, that's something to be celebrated. What about the Malchus based of it? For whatever reason, there was nobody from the family of King David at that time, it seems, who was of the type to be king of the Jews. Doesn't mean the family lost it, it's always there. And maybe in some future date, you know, somebody from Dublin would, would, would get it. Um, the Mac according to the Rambam, the Maccabees got to be kings. I'm going, like I say, not according to the history, but according to the Rambam and the Ramban. So if according to the Rambam, the Chashmuran got the kingship because they earned it. The Jews were up the creek. They're being crushed right and left. Their mouths being destroyed. They're burned alive. they were suffering the worst tortures. And Judah Maccabee and these other guys led the counterattack and paid the supreme price, and they worked their heads off, and uh they did blood, sweat, and tears, and they won. And so, and, and Judah Maccabee, you know, led from front, like I told you the other day. So he earned it. So they made him king. <laughs> you know, he got it by meritocracy. Uh, I say it again: The Rambam does not mean, obviously, that there was nobody that they displaced the Malchus based David, and the people from the Davidic family were kicked out of the Malucha. No, it's always there, and if somebody's roy to be a king, he could have been, but for whatever historical reason, there was nobody who was um, dynamic or leadership quality or something along those lines to emerge as the top person in the Jewish kingdom. And again, the Maccabees made the Jewish kingdom, so therefore they got it. This is very interesting. The reason I mention this all is the Haftorah today is all about this subject because the Haftorah is, is Rani Vesimcha from the book of Zechariah, Zachariah. And according to rabbinic interpretations, I think everybody's aware, it's all about the fact that we're dealing, that, that it's a prophecy concerning the first coin of the Bayashenim, So now again, Hanukkah takes place in the Bayashani and involves the Kohanim. And Hanukkah, if you want to get a little more deep, has to do with the fact there are two types of Kohanim. It's fascinating. Uh, The leaders of the Hellenists were the Kohanim. Now, it doesn't say those words in the rabbinic literature, but sure as heck says it in Yosiphan, Josephus, and the Book of the Maccabees. There it does say it. Uh, The leaders of the anti-from were Kohanim. Uh, Jason, Menelaus, Lysimachus—all his other chaleros. Yes, They're all Kohanim, and they were actually related. Without going into details, to the Kohengadol. If you want to see the gruesome details of what these old guys did, you have to read the second book of Maccabees. But there, he names names and gives gives uh, uh, you know examples. So these guys are bad news. In the Chazal, you have the Joachim Ishura story, where what was he—the uncle and the nephew, or something like that of Yosef ben Yosef, or Yosef ben Yochadon. Remember what I'm talking about? And he uh, led them to execution and things like that. And later he's supposed to have had regret and he imposed on himself the Arba Mises Bezden. You know, that's already like a game show. How do you do Ski La Herg V'Hennec at one time? But he figured out the way to do it. So it's called Yolke Tours. That seems to be some kind of a, a overlap or confusion possibly with Alchemist, who's one of these Hellenist high priests, bad ones. So look what I just give you. Uh, a rogues gallery. Jason, Menelaus, Lysimachus, Alchimus, the old Geisha names, and they all were and they were all Kohanim Kondolan. They had the right yichas, but they were bad news. So Hanukkah was kind of started by bad Kohanim. And then Hanukkah was the what the bad Kohanim did was repaired by Good Kohanim. The good Kohanim were the Maccabees, that's the you know, what we call the Hashmanon. They're the good guys. And so Hanukkah turns out to be a battle between two sets of quantum A and B the bad team and the good team. And this is quite fascinating because the roots of it, uh, go back to the very beginning of the second temple when the first coin God, who was Yehoshua Ben Yod he was okay. And as a matter of fact, he was a Holocaust survivor. He's Ud we're told in to He was, he was a brand plucked from the fire. Uh, uh, I forget exactly how it goes, but the Chazal say something along the lines that, um, you know, he was supposed to be burned by the Babylonians or something like that. Here, let me take a look in the book of Zechariah. And uh, one second. Here, hold on. Yeah, excuse me. I'm pulling this stuff out as I speak. Uh, so you're dealing with the first Kohen Gadol of the of the second temple. It's called Ud Mutsumeish. The Gemara has a story in the famous Haggadah in, in Sanhedrin, Rashi quotes it, where, without going into details, Yahshu you know, Ben Yosef was one of the guys that was thrown in the fiery furnace, I guess, with the three friends of Daniel. And, you know, he was singed a little bit, but he didn't get killed. Others got killed. So uh, he's supposed to be a good guy, but his kids married Goyim. So you have the coin whose whose own sons married women who were not Jewish. That's the meaning where it says in the Haftorah today, to get rid of your dirty clothes. The Sutton was right there. And in the dream, Yoshua the Kohen Gadot was wearing dirty clothes. And what do you mean he's wearing dirty clothes? So the Targum Yonason says, They married women who weren't kosher for a kahuna. And and he didn't... uh, protest these are calling his children setting a bad example and as a result, you know, Satan was about to strike him But at the end, you know Satan is told by God in the dream. Don't strike him leave him alone He's a survivor of Auschwitz Ud and the reason they say This interpretation is because if you look in the book of Ezra who was around that time a little bit later Ezra as you know led a whole campaign against intermarriage there was been extensive intermarriage and without going through all the details, by the time you get to the end of the book of Ezra, he he names names of famous Jews who intermarried. And he starts by saying, Now if you want to know who among the Kohanim, this is like one of these uh, blogs, where, you know, one of these websites where they give you all the dirt. He says, If you want to know who the Kohanim married gaim Shek says, They were children of Yahshua ben the Kohan Gadol. The name is Masia and Eleazar and Yariv and Gedaliah, so uh, you never hear anybody called Masia. But Eleazar is a famous name. Yariv is a well-known name, and uh, a very uh, Israeli-type name. Gedaliah. Now, obviously, this is not the Gedaliah of Tom Gedaliah. And by the they promised to get rid of their uh, Galishah wives. So the point is, that you saw corruption in the high priesthood from the very beginning of the Second Temple period. The only thing is. Ezra was of such a, 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 a dominating nature that he was able to fix that, get them to get rid of their geish But that means that the theme of Hanukkah is already there. They have the high priesthood. They can go this way, can go that way. It can be a Latov or lara. And in the case of the, uh Yitzhak uh, was bad. This manifests itself later on, a couple hundred years later on, in the Hanukkah story, where the bad side comes out with Jason, Menelaus, Lysimachus al and all the other hilarious. And then the good side asserts itself with uh, Judah Maccabee and the Maccabean brothers and all the rest of it. So you see all this over here. So it's it's a very controversial kind of business. So let's put it this way. The Ramban would be the one who would say, let's not emphasize the Kohan part, because the Kohanim were not so hatsi First of all, many of them were anti-Frum. And the ones that were from became kings, and that was Usser. The Ramban, by contrast, would say, that, uh, you know, whatever the Beit were, I mean, let me put it this way. Ezra was a coin. So Ezra suppressed the Beit in his time. It's a repeat of this at Hanukkah. There were Beit Kohanim. But the good guys, <clears throat> the Maccabees, suppressed the bad guys and saved the Jewish people and saved the of Amikdash and all the rest of it. So what's wrong with that? I became king? Nothing wrong with that. If you earned it, then you got it. Now, I'm not 100% sure how to but would understand this. Now, by the way, as I said before, Rabbi Salvaching and others, you know, want to want to make this kind of argument, which is interesting, you know. As I said, it's in the Haraway canon. It's funny, I can't remember where I saw it, but I remember it was in the Haraway canon. And he says something like, uh, uh where is it over here? Uh... Okay, so uh, you see, kohanim, and uh, so it's just kind of interesting. The the in rabbinic thought, not history, in rabbinic thought is always like a uh, what's the right word? What am I thinking of? Conflict in this, you know, cognitive dissonance that the leaders of the Jews, if you believe that they became Kohanim and became kings, you know, were Kohanim. It's it's, it's kind of funny. In other words, in a well regulated rabbinic narrative, it should have been that Judah Maccabee would have been the descendant of King David. Um, I think they say Bar Kokhba was believed to be Mashiach. He came from King David somehow or other. The future Mashiach is supposed to come from King David. Judah Maccabee doesn't fit this. He didn't come from King David. Now the Rambam said, big deal. Again, if you learned the Rambam at the end of Hilchless uh, Malachim over there, the beginning actually, you can have more you can have a king from another tribe. The only thing is, the examples he gave were people in the Bible who were appointed by novies. Okay, so if a Navi, there's nothing to answer to that. If a guy's a real Navi, Hashem said it. If Hashem said it, there's nothing to talk about. In the case of Hanukkah. There weren't any Nevi'im. That is a theme actually mentioned in the book of Maccabees. And it's also mentioned, incidentally, <coughs> in the Megillus Tainus, where it talks about, uh, what day is it in, in Cheshvan? I forget, Chav Cheshvan, something like that. It was in Cheshvan where it says they had Yom Soregav, that one of the uh, days of the uh, Maccabean uh, victories that were celebrated in the Megillus Tainus, you know, no Tachna, no, no Hespids. Was in Cheshwin, when when the Jews first took the Temple Mount, and they waited a long time to clean up, and this until Hanukkah came around, but um, and they knocked down that brothel that the Greeks had put up uh, in the Azara, and they found under it uh, diamonds, and they weren't sure whether these are, these are kosher or tref diamonds, and they as they said the munachat you know a uh, navi you know what I'm saying uh, they they were from. We don't know what the are. We'll wait until some Novi comes along. There weren't any Navim at that time anymore. In the book of Maccabees itself, it says that they put away the stones of the old altar. I remember this. And they waited until a prophet will arise. So the same kind of theme. So there wasn't any Navua, but it seems that the Jewish people on their own elected. Now, who's the Jewish people? Think about what I'm about to say. It's, it, 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 again, if Rabbi Salvation is right, or people like that, Rove of the Jews were Hellenists at this time. So, who's the, who's the Jews? The, you know, the Maccabean army and, and the Frummies. So, they elected, so to speak, Judah Maccabee, and they elected his brothers and the others. Um, so, he was the Frum candidate set up by the Frum party, so to speak. So, then what's your problem with that? But the Ramban says, in spite of everything, he doesn't deny a thing I just said. But, nevertheless, he would say, Cats, you are underestimating the curse of Jacob. Jacob said, Lo, Yossi, Yehuda, and anybody. Who takes the crown accepts to be king even if the people vote on it and even if the firmest vote on it for the best of possible reasons uh, you're cursed now to tell you the truth it's all here hard to hear the Ramban I'll tell you exactly what I mean if what I just said was true then who elected and and assuming we're going to go with the with the theory of the Rambam the Ramban so he says if what I said was true who elected Judah Maccabee to be king? Assuming that that happened. Or Shimon or any of those other things. So you're saying it's the people. It'd be Sanhedrin, get it? Those the from authorities. Uh, otherwise, what are we talking about with Hanukkah altogether? I mean, if you go by the book of Maccabees, it says that Judah and his brethren proclaimed Hanukkah. But that's not we, the Orthodox Jews today. That's not why you celebrate Hanukkah. We understand, in our understanding... That a duly constituted Sanhedrin was a Mesakein, a holiday of Hanukkah. It's a Durabonon. Right? Agreed? That it wasn't the Maccabees per se, it was some, you know, Das Torah, uh, you know, some kind of Sanhedrin. If you ask me who was Sanhedrin, I'll say it like this Where We're worthy, if not in the Maccabean camp, outside with the Greeks killing everybody. So, whatever you want to say, it was a Sanhedrin. Uh, it was a beis base based Beis-Nagoro. So, if that's the case, assuming the said was true, they could make a Horashah. Isn't that true? This is why I never understood with the Ramban. I mean, if it's true that they made the Maccabees kings, I mean, who did it? It would be the Sanhedrin. It would be Sanhedrin. So Sanhedrin can you know make a rush up They can say we're narrowly you don't have a Malchus except from David. But because of the circumstances we find ourselves in, in our good opinion, you know Loser Los Mekosha small. If we say as small as you mean, you mean small, you do it. So we believe that in these circumstances we find ourselves, the only hope for from Judaism, for a base basemid to survive, is to make these guys kings, to be total leaders of the Jews. That's what's necessary in the wars against the Greeks. Um, therefore, even though we realize ordinarily that you know it should be uh, Malchus from Bez it, but circumstances here tell us to make all Rosh How can the Ramban have a problem with that? The only thing, the only way to answer that would be to say, well, it went on and on and on, well past the time of the crisis, which is arguable, but let's say you accept that, but then it was. It was certainly the case that, there were, that the that the emergency circumstances were there during the time of the five brothers, and yet the Ramban says the five brothers were killed because they became kings against the das of Yaakovino. So it's a funny, uh, you know, Ramban. There is a drush of on it, but I see the hour is late. So I just wanted to point the, uh, it, it, I just simply wanted to say that when you read this Haftorah, which to some people is boring because they don't get into it, um, <clears throat> You're really dealing with a hot potato uh, because the status of the good Kohanim and the bad Kohanim and who's a Melech and who's not Melech and what is, it is the Satan out there to nail the Kohanim for their sins or do, are they to be saved? Uh, intermarriage, things of this nature uh, are hot button items. And uh, there's a tremendous tension that's going on in this dream of Zechariah in this Haftorah and the tension reflects what was going on at the very beginning of the Baisheni, but then it reasserts itself later in the uh, time of Hanukkah, and from a historical point of view, post-Hanukkah, because what happens eventually, the Maccabees eventually win, not in the time of Judah Maccabee, or 30, 40 years later, and they set up a state, and let's say that then the Maccabees are the kings, or the the main guys, but then you have the bad Kohanim reasserting themselves in the form of the Tzedukim, because we understand that the Tzadukim were heavily uh, represented by the Kohanim. I mean, they're not the only ones who were the Tzadukim. As far as we can ascertain, it's very hard to do this, as far as we can ascertain from the sources who exactly were the Sadducees, Pharisees versus the Sadducees. But it's pretty clear that the uh included Kohanim and Chosheva Kohanim, meaning those Kohanim with big gichas and power, because you know that there were many ceremonies in the temple itself, like on Yom Kippur, that uh, that's exactly what the fights were between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know, uh, remember in Yuma, the guy has to swear that he won't do it in the Tzeduki way, and he won't mix the uh, the spices outside the Kodesh Kodesh, but only mix them in the Kodesh Kodesh with the fire and the coals. So, you know, uh, and, you know, do you wear these begonim and that begun without getting into all the details, those who know Yuma know what I'm talking about and maybe a little in Talmud also, uh, the the fights precisely over, you know, how to run the temple ceremonies were precisely the objects of Machlokah between the Prushim and the sedukim, like the guy who, who poured the water, uh, you know, Yana, who poured the, the water of the Nitzchamayim on the ground. You know, all these sorts of things indicate that the fights over the temple uh, continued, you know, past Hanukkah time, uh, and really, down to the end of the Hormon base image. That's why I always say we want the base image to come tomorrow. But let's say the base image came tomorrow in December of 2022. All hell would break loose because all the from groups would fight with each other or had to run the temple besides the non from. Uh, you know, we got enough trouble with the Kotel now with all these different things going on. Imagine what it would be like if the base image came tomorrow. And that's weird because, on the one hand, you see, you know, uh, but then if you actually start to think and say, what would happen if the Mashiach Taka came tomorrow? The Agudah, the Mizrach, the Hasinim, the the the, 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 the Sephardim, the Ashkenazim. who oh boy! Uh, anyway, but once again, I want to conclude by thanking Ed Hoffman. And this should be an elise neshama for his father's memory. And with that, I wish everybody a good Shabbos and a good Hanukkah.